Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, so much news to catch up on. Let's get it done. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. Over the weekend, the follow-up from President Biden's Thursday press conference continued, prompting some to raise additional questions about his age, mental fitness, and ability to be president ahead of the November election. ABC's Chuck Severston explains the results of a new poll, which asked respondents about the age of Biden and former President Donald Trump. 86% in a new ABC News Ipsos poll say President Biden at 81 is too old to serve a second term. 62% say former President Trump, who's 77, is too old. 73% of Democrats in the poll think Mr. Biden is is too old. 35% of Republicans think Mr. Trump is. Will Biden's supporters vote for him on Election Day despite his age? Some will. I think there are a lot of people that will. I think there's, a, you know, that, that we do have those political battle lines that are driven, especially drawn, especially when you see there's a bunch of people that also think the, the Republican choice, which will be, looks like it's going to be Donald Trump, they believe that he is too old as well. So given that, again, the, in their minds, the lesser of two evils, they will try, they will vote to reelect this president. The bigger issue for me on this whole thing is the appearance in the rest of the world. What does it say about our standing in the world as the world looks to us and and our leadership? We're going to talk more about that at 1135, but I think that's the biggest issue, is the perception in the world of the American presidency, and we need to do something about it. The Senate worked over the weekend to shore up support for a $95.3 million bill that would provide military aid to Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan after the bipartisan National Security and Border Bill, negotiated in part by Senator Kirsten Sinema, failed in the upper chamber last week. Now, hardline Republicans in the House are threatening to oppose the bill because of its provisions to Ukraine. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says he won't give up on the bill. We still hope our Republican colleagues can work with us to reach an agreement on a reasonable list of amendments so we can speed this process up. And again, as I've already made clear, we will keep working on this bill until the job is done. If this national security bill fails, what could it do to the public's perception of House Republicans and their foreign policy attitudes? I don't. To be honest with you, it depends on who you're asking. There's many Republicans out there that are asking serious questions about the military aid and how much aid we've provided to Ukraine. They also ask the same thing about aid across the world, that how much of this should we still be doing? And so if you're asking them, they want the criticism. They want to make sure that if we are doing something, it's done the right way and that we are limiting what we're doing in the size and scope. Other people that think it needed to be done yesterday are never going to be happy with the Republicans. It just shows the widening divide politically in this country. All right, you're listening to Did You Hear This? Uh, We do it every day at this time to get you caught up on the major headlines. Phoenix metro area dropped 10 spots from number 8 to 18 in the Mulkin Institute's 2024 Best Performing Large City Rankings. The biggest drivers are the drop in rankings, housing affordability, and the short-term job growth. Valley economist Jim Rounds explains housing in the Valley. We have to build housing across the board. We have to, exactly like you said, you build an extra home for one group, it'll uh, make another uh, um, unit available elsewhere. But the, the problem is, is that no matter what the, the status of the market is, the market without subsidies will never produce the lower income housing. 
How can city governments and the state legislature balance the need to prevent overdevelopment while encouraging or subsidizing affordable housing in the valley? The, the, one of the ways you can do things is expediting the process for land developers. I've talked about this before. We don't want to, we will never give up on or compromise quality. But what they can do is expedite the red tape, expedite the process so that they're not investing millions and millions and millions of dollars on the front end of these big projects in zoning and the other things with lawyers and architects and engineers where they can get these things done the right way to make sure and ensure quality in their production. But they can get these projects done faster, which means investors are more likely to invest, which means we get projects that are done more quickly and we can drive down rent. And that's just in the multifamily world. Doing this with regulation to show them that we can still ensure quality without slowing down the projects is one way, I think a huge step in the right direction to have investors build more projects like that. The Kansas City Chiefs took home the Lombardi Trophy against the San Francisco 49ers Sunday, winning 25-22 to in overtime and securing back-to-back championships. Chiefs receiver McCole Hardman spoke to Good Morning American about yesterday's game. It's really was just, you know, the the composure, you know, having guys like Trav and Pat just bring everybody together and, you know, we just come together as a team and just doing what needed to be done to get the job done. So once we did that, everything happened how it supposed to. What were your top takeaways from Sunday's Super Bowl? A couple of things. I think that uh, Patrick Mahomes showed the world just how good he is and that he is one of those people that if he has the ball in his hand at the end of the game, chances are he's going to come out on the winning end of it. He has proven he might be the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. I think that was part of it as well. But I want to say on the other side of the field was a young man from Arizona named Brock Purdy. This kid is just nails. I mean, this kid is something else. He played a fantastic game, led three drives that were just incredible to take the lead, including in overtime, driving down to kick that field goal. He showed great composure for a young kid with a spotlight on him, with all of these criticisms of him being just a game manager and all this other stuff, playing against what could be the greatest quarterback ever, stood his ground, played really well, didn't make mistakes, and I thought he really showed what a great quarterback he's going to be in this league, proving the critics wrong, and I'm really happy for that kid. I'm not a 49ers fan by any stretch of the imagination, but this kid is the real deal, and I'm glad he was able to show it on a national stage, and he deserves every bit of credit that he gets. Great job in there, Greg. Great job again. Uh, We'll do it again tomorrow at 1120.